Suppose you were to call Deeks Insurance and discover that over the past few years, you've been overpaying on your car insurance premiums, thousands of dollars that could have gone into ministry or be spent on your family. It's more common than you think. Stats confirm even the insurance companies that have taken the most dramatic increases retain 85% of their clients. Not because there aren't alternatives, it's consumer apathy. Call Deeks Insurance at 1-800-240-5283. DeeksInsurance.ca. As I get older, I know I need to watch my weight more carefully. I am. I can't suck it in like I used to. I'm trying to keep physically fit, but my knees and my back are slowing me down. Well, my dad had his first heart attack at age 60, and I don't want to be like him. My doctor says no more sugar, salt, fat, or caffeine. I may as well give up eating. Well, maybe you can relate to those comments. It's been said that with age comes wisdom, but age also brings up some health concerns, especially as you hit the middle years, and uh, that's our topic today on Focus on the Family. Your host is Focus President and author Jim Daly, and I'm John Fuller. I'm thinking, John, the middle years. I don't think I like that it's very much. It's an expanding <laughs> number of oh, I've arrived in the middle years. <laughs> well, listen, turning 50 is definitely a major milestone. I am gliding through this decade of the 50s. Uh, I'm in it. And I think it's safe to say we're no longer young. No. One of the things I feel, I mean, just doing regular stuff like yard work, I'm far stiffer in the <laughs> joints and the muscles than I used to be. It's like, what have I done? Oh, just yard work. It's sad. Yeah, I used to be able to kind of weekend warrior it around the house and do yard projects and stuff with no ill effects at all. And now I have to schedule a physical therapy appointment if I'm planning on doing anything like that. <laughs> that's, that's my point. Well, listen, we're going to complain a lot about our ills today, but uh, we think this is very valuable. We have a wonderful guest, actually two wonderful guests, to talk about this topic of fitness. I think it does apply to anybody probably over the age of 25 or 30. And uh, you, if you're below 50, don't tune out because these are the things that you need to be aware of. And there's always exceptions, of course, but stepping over that line, and I think 50s is a good line to think about uh, because it's significant for a lot of reasons. But you're no longer building your life. You're kind of in it. You're confident about who you've become, hopefully in Christ, with humility. Um, your household's in order. Things are going pretty well in that 50s decade. But uh the one thing that can slip is your health. Yeah, and uh, we're so fortunate to have the expertise of a former colleague and friend here. Uh, Dr. Walt Laramore joins us. He's been practicing medicine for nearly 40 years and currently works as an occupational physician at Concentra and UC Health here in Colorado Springs. And uh, Walt was a vice president at Focus and physician in residence for us from 2001 to 2004, um, he's an educator, a medical journalist, and author of more than 30 books, including Fit Over 50, Make Simple Choices Today for a Healthier, Happier You. Uh, stop by focusonthefamily.ca to get your copy. And I get the privilege of also introducing my wonderful wife, Jean, who I asked to join us because we needed a female perspective at the table. So, Jean, welcome back. Well, thank you. It's always a pleasure being here, and I'm excited about the fabulous content of this book and this interview today. And it isn't just for those over 50. Yeah. 
That is true. And it is good to have both of you here. Okay, well, let's start with a general definition of good health. You know, we always check that box, right? Excellent health, good health, fair, poor. Who checks the poor box? I mean, really. I mean, that's got to be a lot of Christian honesty to say, yes, it's poor. I mean, we're all going basically good enough. <laughs> what is good health? Hope, hope it's good enough. <laughs> I'm planning on it being good. You guys look like you hadn't even had a birthday in 10 years. So yeah, right. It's good to, Mr. Compliment. Good to be back. <laughs> Go for with it. You. Well, the, my conundrum was I was asked that question. I just finished residency at Duke. I did residency in family medicine and sports medicine. And then Barb and I went out to the mountains of North Carolina to a little town called Bryson City, a town of 900 people. You've written about that in yeah, some of your books. Yeah. 900 people, 38 Baptist churches. <laughs> wow. <laughs> And one of God every, bless the Baptist. <laughs> yeah, I mean, one of everything else. But uh, the, a second grade teacher called me and asked me if I would come as a new doctor to town. Would I come speak to her class? And I said, sure, I'd love to. What about? She said, about what is health? <laughs> and I thought, well, I can take care of sick people and diseased people, but what is health? It, it really... I thought, my goodness, what is it? And it actually led to a research project. I, I was doing some research training at the time. And so I surveyed 200 healthcare professionals, health policy people in 60 countries around the world. Huh. And I asked them, what is health? What are the top three factors mm. that you would recommend to your family and friends? And it was from that research that this book and others have begun. But I thought what was fascinating was these secular researchers, these secular policy people, defined health four ways. They said, yeah, there's physical health, and we can have an impact on that. But there's also relational health. There's family health. There's social health. And boy, in these days, we've seen some social unrest that's not healthy. And then there's emotional, and there's mental health. And of course, with the quarantine that we've all gone through, we've seen the impact of that. And then perhaps the most important of what I now call the four wheels of health, physical, emotional, relational, the most important is spiritual. And even the secular researchers realize that. Of, mm -hmm. of the four wheels, that's the one connected to the power steering. And that's really interesting, and we're going to cover those four. Um, but, you know, ironically, Gene, you kind of attach quickly to the relational tire in Walt's analogy, which is funny to me because good health to me is, okay, I'm going to exercise enough and I'm going to eat pretty good. That's good health. But it is much more than that. And Jean, I think as a woman, and one of the reasons I wanted you here is you quickly gravitated toward the relational tire. And I'm thinking, what? That's like in the way of good health. If I got to talk to somebody and I can't go exercise, doesn't that get in the way of good health, Yeah, I John? think so. Okay, think right. Qualifies. This is how most guys think. How do girls think? Well, and I want to say before I saw Walt's book, I thought of just if someone were to ask me what is good health, I would have thought diet and exercise. But you've helped me realize what is true in my life, that it is much more than that. And yes, the relational aspect is significant. And I, not just for women, <laughs> you think for all people, but the spiritual. So that's why I'm eager to hear 
Walt, your um, insight on all of this. Mm. Well, let's touch on that one for Gene's sake. <laughs> let's go to the relational wheel, and then we'll move to the physical. And then next time we're going to have you back, we'll talk about the other two. But what's the relational side of it? Well, all four of those wheels, physical, emotional, relational, spiritual, are interconnected. You cannot be healthy in one and unhealthy in the others. It just doesn't work. If it, it's Sort of think of your car. If one of the tires starts to go flat or starts to be out of alignment, you're not going to be able to go as fast as you want or as far as you want. And if you try to drive with that thing wobbly, your repair bill's getting more expensive by the mile. Now, let me just say I can confirm that because yesterday we went on a bike ride. Isn't that good? I just want to mention that. However, my back wheel was low on air, and it was very much more difficult. I'm not going to say Jean beat me to the house, but she actually did beat me to the house. Well, that's because you kind of cheated. But I was riding on a flat tire. So with relationship, it's funny. As a physician, most of the men I see are there not because they're not healthy. It's because a woman in their life said, you go or else. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's the women in their lives, the daughters, the sisters, the wives, the girlfriends, who are saying, your wheels are a little wobbly. Get it checked. Let me ask you, though, Walt, really on the relational wheel in all seriousness. Again, gender, I think, does play into this. No I don't question. know that men, you know, when you survey men, who's your best friend? How many of you have a best friend? A lot of people, a lot of men say, I don't. And so women gravitate toward that relational health pretty easily, not not always, but let's speak to the two genders in that regard, um, women who are struggling with healthy, good relationship, mm-hmm. and the men who just don't, other than superficial, and I can be that way, let's go play golf, that's fun, we don't really talk that deep, good shot, nice putt, yeah. um, how do we get into deeper relationship as men? Yeah, so. and it's critical to understand that it's, it's critical, when we look at the example of Jesus, he majored in relationships. He had the three to whom he was the closest and the most intimate, rested on each other's chest. I mean, really close. And then he had the disciples, a group that he spent a lot of time with teaching, getting to enjoy and getting to lead. And then he had the followers. And then, he, But he emphasized relationships. And we are commanded in Scripture to act in every way as he acted, both with those of the faith, as well as, I love my my favorite name of Jesus, friend of sinners. Spent time with the tax gatherers and the heathen, the people that didn't know him, that majoring in relationships. Well, when we look at the medical research, what we find is that people who build positive, affirming relationships, that doesn't have to be a lot, do better emotionally, they do better physically, and spiritually, we cannot be as healthy as we're designed to be without that fellowship, that accountability. You know, Scripture has 40 one another's that we're to do with one another. Mm-hmm. I love the writings of John Wesley, the co-founder of Methodism, lived back in the 1700s. But he was so concerned about the health of his family, of his friends, of folks that he fellowshiped with, that he actually wrote a little piece about, it's called The Healthy Physic, and physic meant health back then. But he listed 37 principles of being highly healthy. And several of them were relational. But one that you'll really resonate with, Gene, uh, it was actually his number one health recommendation. He said, people should have those who are much about them, around them, who are sound, sweet, and healthy. 
I like that mm. idea. And it's that positive, that's yeah. finding those positive yes. relationships, yeah. shedding the ones that are dysfunctional, that are harmful to you, and focusing on the positive. Yeah. It's a critical part of our health. Mm. And maybe later we can talk about a test that I have that people can take that they can actually measure their physical, emotional, relational, and spiritual health just to see where you're at. Because we don't know unless we look. It's sort of like your bicycle tire. <laughs> if you had just checked the air in that thing before you rode. I thought about it, but Gene and Troy took off like, yeah. you know, race car drivers. And I was like, okay, I'm not going to let them get that far ahead of me. Oh. Well, and I just, I, I know this may sound contradictory, that um, I just mentioned how important it is to have positive relationships. And of course, especially with family members or, or um outside of our immediate circle. I'm not suggesting to cut people off and and to spend time in prayer. And I do that and ask God to help me with that relationship. And I'm but, sorry. <laughs> oh, oh, sorry. I wasn't tracking with that. Um, I'll do better. Well, it's not you. Okay, uh, okay I'm happy. Uh, but distancing is okay. Not talking to that person yeah. every single day. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Well, we've had some really good conversations about being fit over 50. I don't think we've touched on anything yet We're that about is to. specific to 50s. It's great stuff with Dr. Walt Laramore. Uh, he has written this book, Fit Over 50, and we've got it at focusonthefamily.ca. Or call us if you have any questions, 800, the letter A in the word family. This Focus on the Family broadcast will continue in just a moment. You have influence. Develop your influence at this year's Global Leadership Summit. Join the live online broadcast across Canada August 6th to 7th when thousands of everyday leaders will learn from our world-class faculty featuring Craig Rochelle, Amy Edmondson, Bishop T.D. Jakes, Lisa Turkhurst, plus many more. Discover the challenges and opportunities of leading during these times. Tickets for the full two-day experience are $149. Register today for the Global Leadership Summit at gls2020.ca. Hi, this is Jim Daly. Is your family feeling tired, restless, even stressed out? Well, you're not alone. These are tough times, and that's why we at Focus on the Family have created something new and helpful for you and your loved ones. It's called Focus at Home, a free on-demand streaming service featuring the faith-filled content from Focus on the Family that you know and trust. With Focus at Home, it's like you're getting access to our content vault. Explore old favorites like Adventures in Odyssey or Radio Theater. Discover new interactive children's stories. And we'll have a few surprises for you along the way. There's something fun for every member of the family. And we'll keep adding fresh titles so you can check in every day. Best of all, it's 100% biblically based. Sign up now and get total access to our best content for families during this challenging season. Visit FocusOnTheFamily.ca focusonthefamily.ca Thanks for listening to Focus on the Family. Let's resume now with the balance of today's programming. At Walt, in your book, uh, to John's point, Fit Over 50, let's get to it. You identify five habits that can help us live 10 years longer. Now, that's a nice doctor transaction. <laughs> I may have to start coming to you. But uh, what are those five habits? Well, there's a, a tremendous amount of research on this. And it's not just fit over 50. In fact, the folks that endorse the book, and a lot of them have been on this program. You think of Pat Morley and Pat Williams and Dr. Gary Chapman and Jim Daly's been on the program <laughs> once in a while. Here and there. All said, 
What a terrible title. I mean, it shouldn't be fit over 50. It should be fit overall because the principles work for every one of us. But particularly these five, uh, researchers at Harvard have been for over a decade looking at what is it that makes people the most healthy. If we had to look at something that would reduce the risk of premature death, the greatest, what would it be? They've identified five habits that they say every one of us should employ. Number one, never smoke. Never use tobacco oh, go, Or go out with girls who uh, do. Uh, smoke or chew or go with <laughs> girls who do. Number two, maintain a normal weight. That was close to a normal weight as you possibly can. I don't like that one. <laughs> <laughs> I resemble that remark. <laughs> Number three, daily movement. 30 or more minutes of movement, some type of exercise, five days a week. Number four, no or limited alcohol. And number five, a high-quality, nutrient-dense diet, a good nutrition plan. And the data on this is stunning. If you look at 50-year-olds, just as an example, the average male who at 50 is doing these five things will live almost 25 years longer wow. Think of that. than the male who's not wow. doing that. And the average female that's doing that will live almost 38 years longer. It's a 50% years. 58% increase in life expectancy starting at age 50 if you do that. And so subsequent to the publishing of the book, a number of the press folk pushed the Harvard people. And they said, well, not everybody can do this, or not everyone will do this. I well, mean, that's what's, true. Look know, around. What's the use of living longer if your life quality is terrible, for example, they said. And so the researchers, the Harvard folks, actually went back and looked back at it. They said, well, what if I'm overweight and I just can't get down to a normal weight? Am I doomed? And so they looked back through their data to say, well, what if you only have three, or what if you have only four of these? Does it still benefit you? And without question, it does. For example, if you have four of those five and you're a female, then you're looking at another 10 to 11 years of life expectancy over someone who doesn't have. Having four out of the five. Yeah, having four out of the five. Three out of the five? Three out of the five, you're down below 10 years, but you're still ahead of the curve. So even a few of them makes a difference. What was even more remarkable was, well, what if you get sick? If you have three of these or four of these or five of these, does it change illness? And the answer is not just yes, but oh, heavens, yes, it does. So, for example, with people diagnosed with cancer who had all five, they lived 20, half of them lived 23 years longer. Of those who did not have any of the five, only half lived about 10 years longer with cancer. So you're making the case for sure. Well, they sure are. And the same thing showed up, Jim, uh, for diabetes, for heart disease. Um, Yeah, you know, our car's going to get older. Our wheels are going to get rusty. They're going to get wobbly. You know, John, you're feeling it when you you pull grass. When I look at myself in the mirror. You just do. So that (laughs) happens. You're doing great. That I mean, really, with, with aging. John's doing great. He may but, be a little underweight, actually, I think. But, but if you want to reduce your risk, of pre- and the risk of those you love, with premature death, these are five things that you can begin. Pick one. Pick one of the five and concentrate on it. And when you conquer it and you have fruit there, go to the next one. You movie. implied one, and I want to highlight it, because my doctor seems to highlight it for me every time I see him. It's the BMI. Now, I like BMW. I don't like BMI so much. 
What is BMI? So it's just your body mass index. It's a combination of your weight and height. It's a mathematical formula that's very complex, but there's plenty of charts on the internet. Yeah, you can find calculators online. Well, what value is it? I mean, really? Well, it it tells you if you're what they call normal weight versus overweight versus extreme overweight versus obese class 1, obese class 2, and morbid obesity. With each of those classifications, as you move above normal, your risk of premature death goes up. And so it can become kind of a way to look at where am I and what do I need to begin to think about and concentrate on. Do you think Peter may have missed that vision God gave him? I think he did in the area of kale. I don't think God said to eat kale. (laughs) There was no kale I think Peter missed it. (laughs) God said eat everything but kale. It's probably one of the unclean (laughs) foods that Paul said you could eat. (laughs) What is that stuff? I mean, you taste it. It's like, wow, why eat that? Don't put a stumbling block. I I have a terrible allergy to broccoli. I eat it and I get a bad taste in my mouth, so I'm certain that must be. be. (laughs) I'm all in on broccoli, (laughs) but kale is, you know. So while you've been quoting a theologian about physical health, and there are some people in the Christian community who are either A, going to be fatalistic, God knows my days, so whatever, or B, what's the use because my physical body doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. What do you say to that? Well, I think the heresy of my physical body that doesn't matter has been around since the first century because God clearly incarnated, put into a body, into flesh, his only begotten son, who was tempted in every way as we are tempted, yet did not sin, who understands suffering and travail, who could have given up the spirit after 10 minutes on the cross, but chose to suffer, Mm -hmm. chose to enter into our suffering. He has given us a body that he has divinely designed, and he's divinely designed for it to operate well. And when it doesn't, when there are those diseases or disasters or disorders that hit us, and who comes to my mind is a Johnny Erickson Tata. Oh, right. Who is extremely healthy, not so much physically because of the body, because of her quadriplegia. But talk about a woman who's healthy emotionally, relationally, and spiritually. Highly healthy, even with a body that's not doing well, but with the promise in Scripture that one day each of us will have that body that's whole, complete. No more pain, no more suffering, no more tears. The physical is critical. God gives us four T's, I believe, to Stuart. I had an old mentor teach me this. We always talk about time, treasure, and talent. We don't talk about the temple of the Holy Spirit Hmm. that we are to steward and care for. Mm -hmm. And the purpose of this book was to help people steward the temple of the Holy Spirit, not just for themselves, but as an evangelistic tool. This is a book you can give to your grandparents, your aunts and uncles, your older colleagues, because it emphasizes not just the physical, but also the relational, emotional, and spiritual. Right. And we're nearing the end today, uh, Walt. We're going to come back next time and talk to the mental health components, those things, and continue the physical. But let's turn that corner toward the physical even more so. Um, You know, weightlifting is something you talk about, and I'm not gravitating. Gene's thinking, oh, you're cherry picking. (laughs) No, I'm not. But uh, weightlifting is something you talk about. It's interesting for me, uh, before COVID, I was was doing well with that, right, Gene? We were doing very well. We were, yes. Well, you were doing more of the treadmill, and I was in the weight room. Yes, but I was also in the weight room. But I don't think you were in the cardio room. Well, that's tune in, the, tune well, in that, next time for the end of the story. Well, that was exactly the point I was going to make because I, you know, I had a pretty good one-hour routine, and 
you know, I was very happy with that. And people I know would say, yeah, it's great to do weightlifting, Jim, but you need to do more cardio. <laughs> but, you know, I only got so much time, Walt. But you were doing great. So speak to, oh, the benefit, yeah. speak to the benefit of weightlifting, and next time we'll talk about the benefit of cardio. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm so grateful for Dr. Phil Bishop. Phil, uh, I was an LSU boy, and Phil was an Alabama boy, and it's actually absolute miracle that we could work together. Didn't LSU win <laughs> Didn't last they time? Win? It was. I'm glad you brought that up yes, because it was you, a highlight. You opened the door. My life. So, but uh, so Phil's an exercise physiologist. That's his world: is kinesiology, is muscles, is that physical health. And he makes the point, I think, very clearly in the book that you need to combine, especially as you mature. As we age. Are you looking at me? <laughs> looking at all of us. <laughs> but uh, that you combine that cardio with the weightlifting. Because if you don't, even with good cardio, muscle mass drops 5 to 10% as we age per decade. Mm. And so the dangers of that, how many of us don't know a relative or a grandparent or aunt and uncle who didn't fall and get injured? And we now know with the right amount of of muscular work that we can reduce the fall risk, but we need to combine the cardio with it. And Gene, what was it that made you want to do both? What was your motive for that? Oh, probably recognizing the loss of muscle tone mm-hmm. in my upper body, especially. So I've always loved the walking and, and treadmill, but recognizing that I needed as I have gotten older, I used to do a lot of uh, weight training and that, stopped while I was raising children. A lot of things stopped. <laughs> yes. Well, so what a great just, model yeah. you guys have of working out together. As Barb and I have started doing that over the last decade, that's changed our relationship. Is And Jim, you say time pressure. I mean, guys listening to this understand time pressure, but how can you take that time and devote it to relationship exercise at the same time so you begin to combine some of these things to become more highly healthy. Well, it's true, but I need to make this confession that Jean, she would never say this, but she won in high school ABC Wide World of Sports <laughs> arm wrestling competition in the 110-pound class. Whoa. We've got the trophy. So when you talk about working out together, I've got this little bit of fear that she's going to like defeat me. Well, here's here's a great example of the importance of the female in the family is that you become not just your own health care quarterback, you actually become the family's health care quarterback. Because what makes mama happy makes everyone happy when and it if comes to right. get that, she's gonna body slam you. There will be penalty to pay. <laughs> and so for the moms listening and the sisters listening, the impact that you can have on the men in your life in each of these areas, not in a nagging cruel way but you have ways of motivating that (laughs) can help your kids and those you love you will do sit-ups tonight (laughs) in abundance yesterday was a good example that i just said let's go for a bike ride because i know our son would prefer a bike ride over a walk Uh and i just didn't know you were going to flatten my tire before we left (laughs) but it worked out pretty well all right we've got to wrap this wall i'll just say barb will say do you want to go make a walk with me or do you want to sleep on the couch (laughs) i'm walking baby i'm walking without a doubt i rarely say no to those invitations i would like to add 
Oh, you're great about that. Thank you. Uh, On that happy well, note. <laughs> this has been so good. And we're going to come back, like I said, next time, talk about mental health issues, the other tires mm. of your analogy. But your book, Fit Over 50, again, it applies to everybody. And I think uh, as a 30, 40-something, you want to have your eye on what 50, 60, and 70 is going to look like. But set yourself up to succeed in this area. We talk about devotional time and spending time reading the Word. Those are all right and good. But spending time on your health in the temple of the Holy Spirit, as you've mm-hmm. identified, is really critical. So thank you for this, and we'll mm-hmm. come back next time and uh, hit the issue again, okay? Looking forward to it. Mm. And meantime, stop by our website for uh, that list of five things that Walt referred to earlier. You'll find the book, Fit Over 50, Make Simple Choices Today for a Healthier, Happier You, and uh, an abundance of other resources as well. Uh, that's focusonthefamily.ca. And I really want to encourage you to order a copy of Walt's great book, Fit Over 50, from Focus on the Family Canada. And when you do, a part of those proceeds go right back into strengthening and encouraging families like we're doing today. Yeah, get in touch today. Make a generous donation as you can. And uh, make sure you get your copy of the book by Walt Laramore, Fit Over 50. Uh, Our phone number is 800-A-FAMILY. And online, we're at focusonthefamily.ca. On behalf of Jim Daly and the entire team, thanks for joining us today for Focus on the Family. I'm John Fuller, inviting you back as we once again help you and your family thrive in Christ. 